The election this year left no one party with a clear majority, just like the previous time. It was left to the parties to work out between themselves which should combine to form a coalition. From the comments made online back in the spring, many local people were surprised when Labour and the Conservatives got together to form the new administration, leaving the SNP feeling perhaps a little left out in the cold. Kate Campbell was first elected in 2017 and had been convener of the Housing, Homelessness and Fair Work Committee. She remains a member, but the convenership was taken over by Councillor Jane Mayer, who we'll be hearing from in a later episode. Today, she's the convener of the Governance, Risk and Best Value Committee. We'll hear about the challenges of that post later. But I started by asking how she was coping with life in opposition. It's different. You know, there's drawbacks, but there's also benefits. So when you're in administration, you get to really drive forward with policy. And that's something that I think is, you know, I really enjoyed doing. I was a lot of things. So I did a lot of work in housing and homelessness. It's an area I care a lot about. I got to chair a task force on homelessness and and drive forward a lot of policy changes but actually there's still a lot you can do in opposition you can still put down um, motions and amendments and and still look at policy that way and I think there's also quite a lot of benefits in terms of you get to spend a bit more time in your ward you get to spend a bit more time championing local causes and that's something that I'm also enjoying kind of getting stuck into and supporting some of, the, some of the issues locally that I still was working on, but I, it's, it's a lot of work being a convener as well, so I do feel like I have a bit more time to... But you're still on that committee? I am, yeah. So it is very definitely something you're, you're actually quite passionate about? Housing, and yeah. I would say I probably, probably got into politics, really driven mm. by... I think all politicians want to make the world a better place. For me, it's a lot about poverty and inequality and one of the bedrocks that people need to be able to deal with challenges in life is having a safe, secure, affordable home and for me that's a really important part of policy and it's also one of the policy areas in Edinburgh that is very challenging for us. What sort of contribution are you able to make through that committee to improving things because within your ward you've got everything from Portobello to Craig Miller to Nidri Mm -hmm. and everything in between? So I mean there's a lot of different policy areas so there's um, from things like how they manage housing, so how they manage council housing and um, housing lists, you can put down um, motions on that. We can look at how the HRA is spent, that's the housing revenue account, so it's ring-fenced, it's council housing money, um, they sit separately, so it's looking at how that's spent, it's making sure that the investments that are needed, so in terms of energy efficiency, or making sure that closest stairs are getting the investment they need, it's a whole range of things so there's a lot you can do at scrutinizing reports still you can put amendments to reports you can ask for briefings on things you can put down motions and so there's there's still quite a lot that we can do around um the repair service which i think still faces a lot of challenges so we'll keep scrutinizing on that and of course there are a lot of changes taking place in the rental sector at the moment there are for example massive changes taking place in terms of short-term letting And there are also changes coming down in terms of creating housing associations within tenements. I think in terms of the short-term lets, that was something that we had driven as a policy. I chaired in the last administration the short-term lets working group. And that was about looking at how we could get the Scottish Government to change legislation so that we could enact 
um, both licensing but also planning rules to, to change that and those have come through. Edinburgh is the first short-term let control zone which will means that anyone who wants to apply for a license, so there's now a licensing regime but a condition of applying for a license will be that you have planning permission for a short-term let. I think that will have a really big impact and we sort of estimated there around 10,000 homes that were being used as short-term lets, so that should have an impact on housing supply and availability for residents and also obviously the really big impact it has in terms of you know neighbours, the impact on neighbours. One comment that I have seen from somebody who runs a business organising lets is, okay, that's killed the festivals, not the festival, the festivals, plural. You have to look at the need for festival lets around that. I don't think you can sacrifice affordable housing for festival lets, but I think the festivals are really important. So there's three different types of letting. There's secondary letting, which is where someone lets out a home the entire time. It's not their home. They don't live there. It's just used as a commercial let. But there's also people can let out their own home if they maybe want to go and work somewhere else for a bit or they're going on a holiday or whatever and there's also being able to let out a room in your home so those two the first two are still going to be available to and obviously the legislation can't completely shut down secondary letting it can just put quite stringent rules around it so a presumption against in a tenement for example if there's shared amenity and things like that so we think the numbers will reduce but I think there has to be other ways of looking at how to make the festival more affordable and I don't think that sort of pushing up house prices and rents across the whole city is actually beneficial for performance either. And I remember when I first moved to Edinburgh, I had friends who would, you know, take the summer off to go travelling, take August off and let out their house at an affordable rate, but that would allow them to go on a holiday they probably couldn't afford otherwise. So, you know, it's I think it's how we engage and how we open up those opportunities, but this legislation shouldn't stop that. Okay, let's move on from that because you are now the convener of the Governance, Risk and Best Value Committee, which is a bit of a mouthful. Mm -hmm. What does it actually cover? So that's the scrutiny committee. So all of the other committees are sitting within the administration and it's the scrutiny committee. So it looks at things like audits and it keeps track of the finances, so both internal and external audit. Um, also whistleblowing is something that comes through that committee so it's it's looking at risk as well and currently it, it looks at performance it's basically scrutinizing across the council to see where do we think we need to maybe challenge more or where do we think we need to so it's really quite a powerful committee uh, yes I think it can be I think it's a really important committee it's very different for me having chaired an executive committee which is about developing policy and now it's scrutinising policy so it's been quite a big change and I'm, I'm still getting my head around it but yeah it's a very interesting committee. I think it's the one where you really you get to kind of look at in a lot more detail about how things are working within the council and it is really a very important committee. Okay let's come down to local issues for here in Portobello Joppa. We are sitting in my house, mm -hmm. uh, which is looking out to sea. Mm -hmm. And I've seen reports in some of, really quite scary reports in some of the less reputable newspapers, which actually suggest that we could be underwater within 10 years. I don't believe that the arithmetic actually adds up to that. But where do you stand on, on climate change? So I think climate change is 
one of the most important issues that we're facing. So in the last administration, we had three priorities. It was sustainability, tackling poverty and inequality and well-being. And I don't think you could pick three more important. And I think they all sit alongside each other um, very much. They're intertwined. In terms of climate change, we set a net zero target of 2030 in the last administration for the council, which they seem to be holding to, which is a really big challenge. The big challenges for us do sit around energy efficiency is, is huge and, and very challenging for Edinburgh because of the type of buildings that we have. And I saw a report actually that the UK in general has some of the worst energy efficiency in buildings, but in Edinburgh particularly we've got a lot of tenements, so there's, there's solutions that you just can't implement in tenements, but also where you have communal areas and you have to make sure that everyone's in agreement. Currently it's very expensive to retrofit homes. The council's doing a lot of work around retrofitting building types that are within the council estate and then I've been pushing really hard to make sure that we were looking at how we could share that learning with private owners, with other you know, housing associations or other people that had those kind of archetypes of housing. But I think there's a lot of work we need to do and I think that we do need significant government intervention, both at UK and Scottish government level. It, I mean, it's an absolutely huge challenge. Obviously, the other one is around transport emissions are absolutely fundamental that we change that. And I, I think there's, again, it's quite a difficult shift in Edinburgh and we've got a brilliant bus service we've put in some cycling infrastructure we need to go a lot further I mean one of my gripes so I generally supported all of the spaces for people measures that came in um, segregated cycling I want to see stay but I want to see it replaced with good quality permanent infrastructure that is safer but also it has to be contiguous I'm a terrified cyclist, I do cycle, but not very, not as often as I would if I felt safer. And I think that's probably quite a good place for You're someone. not the only person who feels that. <laughs> well, that's the point, isn't it? We're not going to get people wholesale changing their behaviour if they don't feel safe. And when you've got, you know, a brilliant cycle lane leading up to a terrifying junction, that's not a solution. I mean, yes, well, somebody I know was actually knocked off her bike um, only about 10 days ago, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible. It is especially when people are trying to make that change, which is for, for the benefit of all of us, but also, you know, the health benefits of cycling. I, I, tend, I do quite a lot of walking and I get the bus a lot, but, you know, the health benefits of cycling as well. So that's something that I think is really important that we need to do. There's a lot that we need to do as a city. So there's been a lot of debate down here, sticking with cars just for the moment, about parking on pavements, because if you go to places like Marlborough Street, for example, if you're a pedestrian, you have to walk up the road. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're, for example, a, a mother with a buggy or if you have disabilities and you're going up with crutches, which I've been known to do. It really is difficult. Yeah, it's absolutely terrible. I was walking down Marlborough Street with my mum, who had not long come out of hospital and had mobility issues, and my dog, and we couldn't walk on the pavement. We had to walk down the middle of the road, and it was actually a terrifying and really stressful experience. And that's, that's just not OK. So pavement parking bill is coming in. I think it's going to be very challenging, particularly around those streets, around Marlborough Street. And I have actually put a motion to the council. So it kind of came out of what we were seeing when this living where you do, you would be very aware of this. When the sun shines in the summer, 
there's a huge influx of people to Portobello. Now that's fine in itself, but what's not okay is people driving here, people parking on all of the pavements, the kind of chaos that you get around the narrow streets, the lanes, people getting stuck, having to reverse all the way up. Then you've got all the pedestrians and cyclists, vulnerable road users who are put at risk. I can't tell you, my Twitter was like ping, 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 ping the whole time of people sending me pictures of things absolutely terrified you know cars parked right in front of tenement stairs so people couldn't get in and out of their own buildings you know just horrific like very very selfish levels of parking so i put a motion to council and um, we've already got work that's being done around the 20 minute neighborhood and there is kind of quite a lot of thought going into portobello but i had next summer i don't want it to be the same i don't want to have to go through that same Get, trying to get enforcement so I did massively jump up and down and we got quite a lot more parking enforcement coming down and that's continued that's good but that's again trying to fix an issue afterwards when we should be trying to plan ahead so I've asked for them to look at particularly those streets near the prom what we can do and I'm thinking more about infrastructure I'm not a traffic engineer I'm not an expert I'm not going to try and propose the solutions but I think we need to look is it one way is it restrictions is it further parking restrictions we've got the controlled parking zone as well which is being proposed and I'd ask the community council to have a meeting about that and ask Scott Arthur who's the new transport convener to come down and talk to us about that so I'm hopeful that will come through because I think that will help but I have asked for this stakeholder workshop where we can look at some of these issues and hopefully people with more expertise in planning these things can come up with some solutions but that's something I'm very much pushing for. Now, one of the things you've mentioned though is the fact that we do have a, a good bus service mm -hmm. but I've been speaking to a lot of people who say it's beginning to get more interrupted you'll go to the bus stop, you'll look up at the indicator and suddenly a service will simply disappear. And if you're trying to get home after, what, seven o'clock at night? Mm -hmm. I know of one person who actually ended up a bit later than that, actually having to walk the whole way back. So Lothian Bus is owned by the council, but because of legislation, we're not allowed to operationally control it, which can be frustrating at times. We can always make representations and we can always ask Lothian Bus about decisions that they've made, but we can't control them. But one of the things that I do know is that particularly, and this is not unique to Lothian Bus, but I think is kind of across the workforce, but particularly the public sector workforces, there are recruitment issues. Before the pandemic, we just had you know, buses all the time. You hardly had to wait for a bus. It was brilliant. I've noticed the difference since the pandemic and since buses have come back. And I hope that we can get on that trajectory to being back to where we were. I think bus use is still down as well, which is obviously there's a kind of interplay between those things. But as far as I understand it, the main issues are around recruitment of drivers. But I have said I'm going to try and speak to Lothian Bus to see if they'll come to the community council to talk to us to hear about our concerns specifically and there's other things we'd asked about you know a lot of people have raised this with me and I think it's a very good idea but about trying to get a bus from Portobello to Leith not necessarily having to go into the city centre that's possibly a more long-term ambition as we start to see development around Seafield and that's a, another you know, local issue that we've been working on but as we see more homes come up there then it's more likely to make that route viable but I think there's a lot we need to kind of keep working on with Lothian bus and public transport. Yeah, I was on a bus the other day, which thanks to the roadworks up in Harry Lauder Road, it took probably about 20 minutes 
just to get beyond, out of Portobello High Street. So they're operating with an awful lot of obstacles in their way. Yeah, I mean, I think there are, there's always challenges, but it is difficult at the moment. But I think we can get back to a place where we have the bus services. That, the best bus service, I think, is what we used to have, and I think we'll, we'll try and get back there. You've talked about 20-minute neighbourhoods, and we've had a podcast about that. How much closer are we getting to having that kind of, shall we say, integrated community? I mean, there's so many different elements of a 20-minute neighbourhood, and in lots of ways, Portobello already is. You know, it meets a lot of the requirements, because it's about walkability, it's about amenities being available. But I think when we had the walkabout, particularly, so we had council officers and some members of the community, and we had a good walk around and looked at some of the issues and I think and it kind of comes back to what I was saying previously about the prom I think the big challenges in Portobello are transport related we've got a huge community of people in Portobello that cycle all the time I mean you would be amazed at some of the tenements when I was campaigning it's just bikes and you know every bit of the stairwell but we've not got the infrastructure to support that in a safe way there's parts of the high street where it's terrifying to cycle so we need to look at that we're a community that has a lot of people coming in, visitors coming in, we need to support that in a way that's sustainable, making sure that the routes down to the prom are safe. There's issues around the conflict on the prom between cyclists and pedestrians and dogs and children and all of these things. How do we resolve that? And I think the ideal way to resolve that is to create a safe route that's not on the prom for cyclists that want to go quickly and have that as a a shared space for people that are more meandering. But then there are kind of structural challenges along the high street. What do we do? So I think we probably need quite radical change, but I don't think it's my job as a local politician to impose that. I think we need to have a conversation about what people want, about what works. We've got all the businesses as well. I think we should be looking at how do we maximise the use of our space for pedestrians, for vulnerable um, road users and to enable a more sustainable and environmentally friendly way of people moving through Portobello but I do think it's it's a conversation we need to have together and we need to agree on a collective solution. And speaking of collective solutions I remember having interviews with Maureen Child before she retired about the very close way in which the four councillors were able to work together here in Portobello and Craig Miller. Is that still the case with three new councillors? after five years of working with Mary and Maureen and Callum particularly maybe it's a woman thing but particularly Mary and Maureen you know I got on so well with them and I think obviously we all came from different political parties but I think our local politics was pretty pretty well aligned and actually probably quite a lot of our (laughs) setting aside constitutional issues I think we were fairly well aligned on a lot of things and we did we worked brilliantly together and it you know it was a real joy to I've really missed them actually <laughs> I really do we're, we're getting there with the new councillors you know we've we're fairly early on in the term so we don't know each other as well and we're getting there but we are making an effort to try and we're having a board meeting on Monday I think to discuss some things and just try and kind of keep each other informed and, and work along the same lines obviously there's some things that we really disagree on that's fine, you know, people, everyone that lives within our ward don't agree with each other, so it's important that elected... All you need to do is look at 40 people to... I try not to do that. (laughs) (laughs) 
but no it, it feels like we you know we will get back to that place of having that kind of but it, it takes a while to get to know everyone doesn't it but i think there's a really good intention for the four of us the new councillors to work together in the same way and it's definitely the way you get things done in your community it, it, you have to work together and of course the community spirit here is mm -hmm. much stronger than in many other parts of edinburgh yeah i mean Porty's a, a very unique part of, of the community okay looking forward mm -hmm. you've got until 2027 mm -hmm. what would you maybe hope to have achieved over those years that's a really good question. So I think one of the things that I've learned about being a counsellor is sometimes things can take a really long time. And there's some things that you're kind of working on for years. And something quite simple, you know, it could be a junction or it could be some dropped curbs and it can take, you know, 18 months to get something done. And I actually go back to Mary and more. I remember talking to Mary about that and she, her sort of frustration that there was all these things she'd wanted. And she did a huge amount as a, a local representative, but you know, that it was frustrating that she couldn't do all of the things she wanted to do. I think locally, I would like to see us resolve some of the issues. I mean, a constituent actually sent me yesterday by email who I've been discussing some of the issues around Bath Street with quite regularly, an article f with her in the paper from 10 years ago, talking about the same issues. So I'd like to see some movement on that. I think it's got worse in some ways because of the pandemic. A lot of people who couldn't go abroad discovered Portobello and now we have more regular visitors. So I think there's more, perhaps more momentum to kind of capitalise on to get those changes, but also those changes are needed more. So I'd like to see that. I'd like to see us get to a place where we've got, if not a full network across the city of integrated cycle routes, if we've got the plans for that and we've got a kind of clear delivery vision for that and we've got those routes that are really important to people especially you know people writing to me t saying that they're wanting to cycle with their children into town you know we need to make sure it's safe for people to do that again housing I would like to see housing be more affordable for people I'd like to see young people being able to afford homes you know too many young people having to move out of Edinburgh because they just can't afford to live here it's really difficult I mean we're sitting here at a point in time where politics and the economy is is so depressing and it feels sort of overwhelming sometimes when you step back and think about you know we're starting to think about our council budgets but when you think about that in the context of we've just had a mini budget that crashed the markets the markets are demanding austerity how does that then come an impact on us you know thinking about how we can find our way through that and make sure that we are protecting the most vulnerable and I within our community like within our schools there's so many stories within our community centres as well, people who are just exceptionally vulnerable and in exceptional need, and there are amazing organisations and people stepping up to support them, but we need to make sure that as a society that we're doing that, that we're not leaving anyone in that position of extreme vulnerability. So I think, although that maybe feels not as ambitious as perhaps you'd like to be, I think if we can get through five years and we've looked after everyone as best we can, we've made sure that people can manage through what will be a really challenging time, then I think that's, you know, that would be a good achievement. As I mentioned, we're expecting to hear from the other three councillors, Jane Mayer, Alice Mumford and Tim Jones, before the end of the year. The next will be with Jane Mayer. And that's it for this week. As always, if you've an idea about people doing interesting things here, then drop us an email at theportypodcast at gmail.com or contact us through social media. Once again, thanks for listening. Bye for now.